0: With your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. For all the listeners right here on Success Hackers, Audible is giving away a free audiobook download with your 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to this link audibletrial.com forward slash successhackers. That's all one word, audibletrial.com forward slash successhackers. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3. So hurry up, grab your 30-day free membership before it's too late by going to audibletrial.com forward slash successhackers. Hello, everybody. This is Scott Hanson, high-performance business coach, best-selling author, speaker, and, of course, right here, the podcast host, ...of Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we are all about empowering our entrepreneurial audience to take their business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, make sure to check it out because Casey Zeman, the founder of Easy Webinar, shared some amazing strategies on how to scale your business using webinars. You can actually go to the show notes page under successhackers.net and then click on the link that actually takes you to a free online training, again, about using webinars in your business. So Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. When you're at a networking event, do you sometimes have a problem maybe describing what you do or if you're out and about and someone asks you, hey, what is it that you do? Describe what you do. You might feel a little tongue-tied. Well, today's guest is a communications strategist and expert expert. And he's going to share with us some strategies on how we can get our message across more concisely to the people we're trying to do business with. Today our featured guest is Mr. Ryan Folan. Ryan, are you ready to rock? Yes, sir. Rock and roll. <laughs> All right. Ryan is a communication strategist who loves helping people convey their business and personal brands more efficiently. Ryan Folan is a problem solver. He likes solving the following problems. A fear of public speaking resulting in missed opportunities, the inability to explain your business or idea it in a concise and powerful manner, and the overwhelming complexities of building your personal brand online. Ryan's work has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, Inc.com, and Fortune, not to mention the countless radio stations and podcasts. Ryan, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show.
0: Man, it's great to be here. I feel like I'm on Wayne's World.
1: <laughs> I don't know about Wayne's World, but you're on Success Hackers, Ryan. So it's, even Hacker Na- it's even better. It's even better. That's right. I gave Hacker Nation a brief description of who you are, but would love for you to share a little bit more about you and your business.
0: Yeah, so thanks for the intro, and I'm passionate about helping people say more by actually saying less. My history is one that started in Orange County. And if I wasn't on land, I was on a boat. I was the freckle-headed kid who was made fun of because I was studious, coming from two parents who were principals, and grew up with the uh, familiar ring of bullying and lots of mean things, uh, usually having to do with my freckles or something else. Mm. Until, that is, I joined Taekwondo. And I interchanneled my Ryansan, and I became a very strong individual. Uh, Nobody could mess with me at that point. And that was really kind of what uh, took my uh, my path of courage and fighting onto a whole new level. So I've, I have just approached life with sort of a reckless abandon of fearlessness, uh, control, and power. And uh, I've done a lot of different things in the entrepreneurial realm. I started when I was on a ladder in sixth grade hanging Christmas lights. My neighbor, uh, Mrs. Kawaguchi, asked if uh, I could help her hang her lights. I said, sure, it's just going to cost you. <laughs> and I made some, like a couple hundred bucks, I think three hundred and eighty something dollars on my first house. And it just, uh, it, it literally clicked. So I ran a Christmas light hanging business in my youth. And that allowed me to have a lot of free time. I was a hockey player. Uh, went to Santa Barbara because it was close to the beach and I loved to surf. And I ended up a double major in business and dramatic art of mm-hmm. all things when I didn't even know that theater existed before I got to college. And I just fell in love with communication on the, the the face-to-face or the one-to-many level. What I've always been excited about is real human interaction without a computer, and that's sort of taken me on a path to where I'm at now. I work at UCI, and the last couple years I've been running a program called the Blackstone Launchpad, which helps entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs. And the exciting thing is that it doesn't matter if the idea is good or bad it's about solving a problem and uh you know I've, i think over the last 2 years we've helped about 1200 students start their own companies so it's fantastic mm-hmm. and then they saw what i did at that program and they uh they saw the engagement and they brought me into a new communications department to help 25 different programs here on campus learn to communicate better to the students and also to the community so for me started with christmas lights and now i'm uh, in higher education uh and my passion goes outside of that because i help people on the side with their personal communication and uh, how it also relates to their personal branding.
1: Fantastic. Well, listen, you know, we got a lot to cover today. And Hacker Nation, make sure to strap in because Ryan is going to share with us a little bit later on what we call the 313 coaching system and what that looks like and how you can actually become a better presenter, speaker, and really just a better communicator in everything that you do. So, Ryan, I want to switch gears here just for a second. We love our aha moments here on Success Hackers. Share with us maybe an aha moment or a light bulb moment when you just knew that you were on to something really special, everything you just talked about and everything that you're doing now, but that one aha or light bulb moment when you just knew that what your passion was for helping people become better communicators actually can turn into a viable business. Do you remember that exact moment?
0: It was last year, probably towards the beginning of the school year, and I had been working with so many students on the same type of issues, right? What is your business? And explain it to me. And then they literally just sit there for five or ten minutes and open up a fire hose in my face, and I'm super confused afterwards. And I had been developing this sort of system. And when you're developing systems that are complex, it's difficult to make them simple. And it was over conversation with a gentleman. And I've been working on this, whole, what is now the 313 concept for for years. But it was at that moment, I just, it all clicked. And I simply said, look, it's as simple as you saying your business in three sentences. And in fact, we can help you get it to one sentence. And even further, we'll get it to three words. And I went, it's called the 313 and at that moment, I was like, that's it. Uh, it's not the area code for M&M. <laughs> it just, at that moment, like it literally clicked and then everything it became
1: revolved around that. So let's and dive right into that. What is the 313 method and really who is it for? It's for anybody that wants to
0: communicate an idea or some sort of representation of what they do because I think those are both similar. It can be an existing product. It can be a business. Uh, I, I always talk about how it can be something that as soon as you come up with an idea in the shower and then you step out and you're like, what do I do with this idea? You run the 313. It's actually become, hopefully it's becoming a verb. You know, Have you been 313 yet? Uh, <laughs> and it literally is an exercise in brevity. Sometimes I'm a little long-winded. That's just because I get excited about things. But that's why I'm so passionate because I'm constantly learning as well. But I feel if you have tools, anybody can use tools to create something. So the 313 is a process. It's a, it's a tool to get whatever you're doing to say it in three sentences. And then if you work through it, the second phase is that you are able to say everything that you do. I mean your whole business in one sentence. And then it dives even deeper to helping you explain your business in three words. And the power of that is so amazing because it really just touches on communication in general where so many times somebody will say, hey, what do you do? And people answer a what question with a how answer. They answer how they do what they do. And that's a huge mistake because you're delivering all kinds of information that might not be relevant for the person you're speaking with. And I always like to say the more you talk, the less people listen. And the less you talk, the more people ask questions. So the 313 is a, is a method. It's a process to where you literally learn to say less so that you're engaging more with your audience and you can feed off of what they're saying. So that's the, the theory behind it. The practical matter is you can explain your business in three sentences if you explain the problem in one sentence, the solution in one sentence, and the market in one sentence. Now, It's not revolutionary that those are needed to explain your idea, and every guru and every business book talks about it. But what's unique about this process is you can only say it in one sentence. And I'll only let you say one problem, because so many people think, oh, I'm solving this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem. No. From a communication standpoint, you need to be solving one problem. If you can't say that one problem in one sentence, then you need to go back to the books. Then your market, I still believe, is is a very, very key element that a lot of entrepreneurs miss. Because if I were to create the cure to cancer right here in my desk, like boom, I've created the cure to cancer. Super exciting! I hear all the applause from all of your hackers out there. It's useless unless I know how to get it in front of somebody who has that cancer.
1: Let, let's coach me on this, okay? So outside of being a podcast host and you know the creator of Success Hackers. I'm also a business growth coach. So when people ask me, so what is it that you do? Now, coach me through this, right? Sure. So okay. I- so,
0: so so here we go. Uh, the first part is I'm going to ask you three questions. And the first one is, can you explain the problem you're solving in one sentence? And let me, let me help you because there's a lot – nine out of ten times somebody will say, well, what I do is – I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you say, the problem I solve is blank. If somebody says, Hey, Ryan, nice to meet you. What do you do? I say, Well, it's not really what I do that is important. It's the problem that I solve. I like that. And, and they go, Well, what is it? And I'll say, I, I, I really think it's probably the biggest problem that entrepreneurs have, hands down. And then they go, Well, what is it? And visually think of like them stepping closer to me each time they ask a question. And I say, the fact that entrepreneurs can't explain what they do concisely. And they go, Well, what do you, how does that work? And now I've like drawn them in. Because a lot of times in networking events, you have this urge to talk, and everybody wants to talk. But if you're the person that's getting people to ask you questions, that's the real trick. So you don't go, oh, I solved this problem. But my magic line is, look, it's really not what I do that's important. It's the problem that I solve, and I'm super passionate about that problem. And everyone will say, well, what is the problem, Ryan? It's really will set you aside from it because everybody else, what do you do? Oh, I'm a podcast person. That does this, or I'm a I, I help people do this. At that point, people aren't listening to you; they're just waiting for you to stop talking
1: so they can tell you what they do. I love the twist on that because I personally, as a business coach, I help. You know, one of the things I help uh, my my small business owner clients is getting some clarity around their message. But specifically, I help them increase sales or get new clients, right? But I, I, I never heard it delivered, especially if you're in a networking event. Or if you're meeting someone one-on-one, rather than say to them, hi, my name is Scott. This is who I help. You say, it's not what I do, but it's the problem that I solve. And to your point, 99% of the time, they're going to say, well, what is that?
0: Well, let's dive a little deeper conceptually because it's it's really crazy when you think about it. What you want to do is you want to create a binary situation. And that means it's either a yes or a no. And I always tell people, eliminate the possibility for a maybe Eliminate the possibility for a maybe. When you are taking a stance and you're saying, I'm solving this problem, the person you're talking to will either have that problem or they won't have that problem. So if I say, it's not what I do, it's a problem I solve, and they say, well, what's the problem? Well, it's like you know, the problem is entrepreneurs are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because they can't pitch correctly because right? you can always tweak it. I, I want to el- eliminate the elevator pitch. Because it's disingenuous, it's rehearsed, it's memorized, and if you truly know the core guts of your business, you can say it a hundred different ways. That's right. But you can, you focus on the problem, the solution, and the market. Once I explain the problem, the simple question is, do you have that problem? It's either a yes or a no. Now, you have to phrase it in a way that's extreme and only one problem. Because if you say, I'm solving all these problems, do you have those problems? It's very easy for somebody to say, well, I don't have problem number two. So no, no, I'm cool. So if you let them know, I'm solving this problem, do you have this problem, yes or no? Just answer the question before we go any further. If they say yes, you say, well, would you be interested in learning how to solve that problem? And they say yes. That's right. If they say no, you say, well, that's great. Uh, you might know people who have that problem. Do you know anybody that has that problem? Yes. Well, let me know if you want... introduce them to me, it amazes me how many times we meet people and we lose the connection because there's not a match. If you are a a growth hacker and I don't need growth hacking, cool, there's no business. But if you help me to identify whether I have that problem or not, it's very easy for me to think of my friends who have that problem or not and I can say, well, you should totally talk to my buddy over here because he needs that help, he has that problem. But if you are explaining things and I'm like, oh, that's cool, it's not like I'm going to think to introduce you to somebody. So the line of logic is a binary situation where it's like a decision tree and you don't want to waste your time or too much time with people that don't have the problem that you solve. And if you do invest your time with them, make sure that they clearly know uh, how to introduce you to people that have that problem. So it, it's a real basic concept, but sometimes the simple things are so
1: difficult to realize because you think it's more complex, but it's not. A lot of times I know specifically uh, from a personal standpoint, you know, you go to these events and it's the old canned approach and, hey, what is it that you do, Bob? Oh, I see that you're, you are You know, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm an accountant or I'm a lawyer or I'm this or I'm that. But I love how you take it, again, one step further and it's just a, it's just a different way to approach a conversation, thinking it from a, I'm not here to serve everybody. And frankly, I'm just asking a couple questions to see if you even fit the category of the people that I serve.
0: Exactly. Okay. So you want to know one of my favorite pickup lines?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Here it is. If you know your market and you know typically the type of clients that you serve, and let's say you're at a police station and you have 10 people lined up and you're behind the, the protected glass, I'm guessing you could probably say, Number one and number four kind of look like people that I work with or I have worked with, right? Okay. So you find somebody at the event that looks just like that, the right age, the right look, what they're, what's about them that, that makes sense for you. And you say, hey, excuse me, I know this might sound weird, but you look like one of my clients. And they say, really? Well, you know, and they'll, they'll say, well, what do you do? And you jump into, well, it's not what I do. It's, it's the problem that I solve. They'll be interested in learning how to solve it. So the pickup line is, hey, uh, you kind of look like one of my clients. And that really sparks a conversation because you see the conversation with them thinking, should I work? Is this, is this, should I work with this guy? What is he? And then when they find out that you can help them with a specific problem, the idea is that you you start with saying you look like one of my clients. Well, what is it? Well, I work with uh, I work with this type of group of people that have this similar problem, and I'm super excited about solving that. Mm-hmm. It literally starts the communication, and really communication is about two people. So often we're so focused on what we're trying to communicate. We lose the connection. There's a really fun study that was done, totally controlled, about people on first dates. And, you know, of course they make them think it's about something else and they test what they really want. And the test was the ratio between how much one person talked in comparison to how well they thought the date went. And it was counterintuitive. The person that talked more thought that there was a better connection and that wasn't the case. (laughs) So really, If you think about how much you want to share your information, think about how much the person that's talking with you wants to share the
1: information and be okay with the awkward silence. So many great insights already. We're going to switch gears for a second and tackle a subject that a lot of people don't really like to talk about and we call it the fail forward stage. So can you get vulnerable with us for a minute, Ryan? Sure. I think that's important to do. I believe that all high performers look at failure just a little bit differently than most people. They actually use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. Take us back to a time when you failed and you almost literally wanted to give up, but you actually used that one moment, that one specific moment as fuel to your success fire. Funny thing
0: is it came in one of the most comfortable environments possible, and that's at a Toastmasters meeting. Um, I love Toastmasters. I think it's so great. It's just people that are getting together to create the supportive environment so you can fail on a padded ground. And it was my fourth speech, and it was talking about getting to the point, and I was talking about water. I'm very passionate about water. It's like maybe number two under communication because it's so important. So I'm I'm doing this speech, and I was feeling in the groove of it because it was like my fourth speech, and I decided I was going to memorize it. I'm like, I got this down. No notes this time, buddy. You're going to practice the hell out of it. And about a minute twenty into it, I totally blanked, and like not even a not even a total blank, like an utter blank. That awkward silence that I love became like super sweaty and anxious, and almost like left the little comfortable stage. And it it actually like still sparks some an anxiety. And uh, this lady Gwen was uh, evaluating me, and literally I was just embarrassed, and I I somehow made it through, but I was just so like it really affected me. And it's kind of like, hey, I'm working so hard to be a good speaker and it's just – you know what? It's just – maybe it's not for me. And that was a, a total – the apex really where the like I felt like I reached this height Then I'm like, no, I have to figure out how to work through this. And I'm a big failure in a lot of things in life and I really am a bad loser. And it comes from being a hockey goaltender. If you ever want your kid to have a complex about losing – have them be a goaltender playing ice hockey (laughs) because (laughs) all the pressure is on you. Like I'll never forget a couple goals that I let in and I still feel angry about it. But it's because I'm a bad loser that I'm so competitive and that I love to win because I don't want to lose. And I felt like I lost at that point. So I made a decision at that point that I would never memorize a speech again and – the the one exception is if it's a competitive speech or it's like I've got a TEDx talk coming at UNLV. I'm going to really try to nail it down. But still, the takeaway is not for me. The The lesson was to not memorize. And it's become the most empowering thing for me as a speaker because I believe that people fear their lack of preparation is one of the the best excuses for them not to speak. People are supposedly afraid of public speaking, right, uh, next to death. But every time you open your mouth in public, guess what? You're freaking public speaking. So for me, that major failure moment made me really um, solidify how important stories are. And if you realize that, which I've done, like I gave a speech yesterday that I prepared the night before. And literally, it was based on a branding topic. And then I came up with what are some stories in my life that can relate to the overall message. And I got up and just delivered a kick-ass speech. And I felt comfortable and there was no anxiousness. And if I flubbed a little bit, it's okay because it's natural and people will relate with your stories versus a memorized message. Um, there's a great TED talk I always refer people to, which is uh, Joshua Four and it's the memory palace. And it's a journalist who went to a national or the international memory competition. And he was so infatuated by it. He spent the next year studying memory tactics and came back and won the whole thing. And he talks about the memory palace, which is this idea of just taking things that you know in your life and having them be trigger points for topics within a speech, and it's so powerful. I mean, this is what people did back in the day when they didn't have uh, written language and they were just talking to each
1: other. It's a great, uh, it's a great story. And like you said, it doesn't matter for you. It was a huge thing. Maybe for someone listening to that story or not really able to put themselves in your. In your story, in your position, maybe it wasn't as big for them, but at the end of the day, everybody goes through their fail forward stage as an entrepreneur. It's period. I mean, we've had, you know, over s- close to 65 different guests on the show, and every single one of them, there's not one successful entrepreneur that's ever come on this show. And we've had some really big ballers on this show, people that are multi gazillionaires, and they've all shared the same thing that there was a moment, there was one specific moment that. They were in and they didn't think they can get out. They think that they were running in quicksand, but then they just kept putting one foot in front of the other and then that's the one moment that launched them to the success they have now. Ryan, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to not only help them grow themselves, but also their business. You already talked about the 313 coaching and communication system, but share with us one actionable step that our listeners can take like right after the show to start communicating more effectively or delivering their brand more powerfully? What's one strategy?
0: Join a Toastmasters. It is by far the single most actionable item that you can do, which will create uh, an environment that gives you a chance to practice. And it is something that will change your life if you continue to go. I've got a whole bunch of hacks, but that is an amazing simple hack. You literally go to Toastmasters.org. They don't pay me. There's no affiliate link there. You find a club that's near you. You visit a couple of them, and you just start speaking. You sign up. You show up because I think speaking and communication is a contact sport. You don't sit behind a desk and read a book. You don't listen to an audible book. Getting audible and listening to books while you drive will not only make you a calmer driver, but it will give you more hours in the day. So joining a Toastmasters, that's that's a super simple hack. Yeah. And so many people have different perceptions of it, but it's what you make it. And what's really cool is that they have a a competent communicator manual that you go through. There's 10 speeches, and each speech focuses on one element of good speech, body language, getting to the point, tonal inflection. And so you can isolate and really dig into each one, and then the real fun begins once you're done with that, and then you are thinking about all those components when you're – compiling a speech. Yeah,
1: if someone that's actually been to Toastmasters and been there quite a bit and gone to different you know different cities and checked out their their communities. It's it's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing. And and what's so great about what Ryan uh, just talked about was it's a safe zone. So most of the listeners probably know what Toastmasters is. If you haven't checked it out, to Ryan's point, I would absolutely suggest you at least go in to check it out. Number one, it gets you out of your comfort zone. You get a chance to meet new people. Anytime you meet new people, things happen, business takes place, relationships form. But from a technical standpoint, you know, I went, like I said, a bunch of times and it's absolutely helped me in my communication as well. Um, because once you, like Ryan said, once you can read about it all day long in a book. Or you can talk one on one with your, your, your friend, or your spouse, or whoever. But when you're standing up in front of 10, 12, 20 people and you're giving, you know, either a memorized speech or you're using some cue cards, it's a whole different ball game. And I absolutely second Ryan's point about checking out Toastmasters. It's really a, a, a great organization for sure to develop your communication strategies and techniques. Ryan, we are now going to enter what we call the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the Success Hacker's version of the hot seat. Love it. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Ryan Foland, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Best advice you've ever received? Draw more. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Drink more water than I think I should. You now own a time machine, Ryan. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 18 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 18-year-old self?
0: Well, the first thing when you said time machine, I thought I would go back in time to Rome where I feel like I would be yielding a sword and fighting on some battlefield. And then you had the second part of the question, which was the best piece of advice, and I would say always say yes. And I would say that on the battlefield as well. Like, Ryan, are you ready to go? Yes. Uh, Ryan, are you ready to speak? Yes. How about this opportunity? Yes. The more you say yes, the more the world opens up to you, and the
1: more you'll fail, which is going to accelerate your learning. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Creativity. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I am a kick-ass sailor. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Four-Hour Workweek. If you can recommend one social media tool or service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? Twitter. Ryan, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has that's been incredible. That's okay. it. That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> this has been incredible. But I have so
0: much more. <laughs> I know you do.
1: <laughs> this has been incredible. Thank you, Ryan, for sharing all these incredible success hacks and strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business?
0: Great question. So a lot of people approach me and ask how I can help them. And I've actually joined forces with uh, Leonard Kim as a duo to create a training platform so that we can service as many people as want help. And so we've created a company called Influence Tree. That's influencetree.com. We help you grow your brand. And it's an educational system where there's videos with actionable homework, and it's an amazing opportunity for you to get all the information that's in our brain of what's been successful for us, where we failed and what we've learned, how to get into publications, how to grow your Twitter, how to find followers, how to create communities, all that stuff. So that's a way where we can sort of expand and help people grow. If you want to find more information about me and the 313 coaching, you can check out ryanfoland.com. Last name, imagine the word Poland, and just erase the curve in the P. And now you have my name, Ryan Folland. You can find me at Twitter, at Ryan Folland. And if you do want a little inspiration every day, I draw a daily quote, hand-drawn, all original, usually with a Sharpie, uh, with my little patent-pending stick figure. So that's Ryan.Folland
1: on Instagram. Fantastic. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to SuccessHackers.net. For this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Ryan, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. When you're on the site, don't forget... You need to subscribe so you can get all the newest, latest, and greatest episodes. Again, successhackers.net. Also on successhackers, under the show notes for Casey Zeman, if you want to get trained for free by the expert on how to start working with webinars in your business, again, go to caseyzeman.com forward slash successhackers. But again, that's all under the show notes under Casey Zeman. Lastly, I love the Hacker Nation community. I love you guys so much. I want to give back to you. All you have to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes. Go to iTunes, check out Success Hackers, and then leave a review. Hopefully it's a good review. And then once you leave a review, I want you to screenshot that review and then email me. Email is, write this down, info at successhackers.net, info at successhackers.net. Once you email me with that screen grab of the review, I will give you and your business a shout out on the very next episode. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.